You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello everyone once again and welcome to another edition of the Nutmeg Arena podcast or the TNA podcast as we call it. I'm joined by my co-host Chris in this episode where we're going to discuss or review and also preview the Champions League quarterfinals and the semi-finals respectively. So welcome to the show Chris. Glad to be here as always. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a fun Champions League quarterfinal, especially. I, I guess I am seeing a single-legged Champions League fixture for the first time ever. Yeah. Especially the knockout stage. I mean, I, I don't know if this has ever happened before in history, but since I've actually started watching, I've never seen a single-legged knockout tie in the Champions League. So it feels yeah. more energetic, more you know, uh, oh, nerve-wracking. Yeah. I think exactly. yeah, I think it's I think it's been great. I would actually meet the champion. I would actually go as far as saying let's meet the Champions League of summer tournaments every year. Yeah. Just in a, <laughs> in a host nation and just make it like like this every year. I think it's yeah, great. That- I, you, don't get me wrong. There's no chance of that happening, obviously, because of international football and the fact that UEFA can probably are not making as much money from it. But it, it is from like a neutrals perspective. A game every couple of days. It's knockout. You like I said, in a knockout tie, you, anything can happen, really. Like the PSG game, for example. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, let let's start with the obvious and the biggest <laughs> yeah. that 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 we've seen: Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. My God! I mean, I I gave a prediction on Twitter where I said that a Luis Suarez goal or a Philip Coutinho goal might decide the game, and it would be close, and Messi would be performing well. How wrong was I with that tweet? Oh my God, what a game. I mean, right from the off, when Thomas Muller scored the first goal, I thought, wow, look at the Barcelona defense. They're completely all over the place. And then we saw David Alaba score one of the best own goals I've ever seen. I mean, what a finish it was over Manuel Neuer. But then it all went with with the flow for (laughs) Bayern Munich. I mean... Did you really see this coming? I didn't. I didn't see the scoreline coming. I, I. I mean, I think when when we done, we both said that Bayern Munich, uh, we make Bayern Munich favourites go and win this tournament from that point. So I expected a Bayern Munich victory, but not eight two. I don't. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Although Barcelona are now representing on the field what they are off the field, which is a complete shambles. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I mean, one thing that, that I see very similar is like the, the, the 7-1 World Cup 2014 semi-final Germany versus Brazil. It, it's really similar, isn't it? Because Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, to be honest, in the tournament, Brazil were in like, I mean, as a footballing country or a football federation, I think Brazil were also not in a really good state at that time. They reached yeah. the semi-finals in their home patch. I mean, people had expectations of them winning. I mean, every World Cup, you expect Brazil to win. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's become a norm. And it's the same with Barcelona. Every Champions League, you think, OK, Barcelona are the favourites to win the tournament, are one of the favourites, basically, to win the tournament. That yeah. seven game, then, then Germany went in, beat them 7-1. Barcelona, a German team, the best German team, came in, thrashed them 8-2. You, you look at the XG, the expected goals in that particular game, it was 5.59 for Bayern Munich and 1.04 for Barcelona. And, and, you, and you look at the individual expected goals as well. There were eight players in that Bayern Munich team who had a better XG than Leo Messi. Leo Messi had just a 0.14 XG in that game. 
he was completely shut out he had a, I, for me i think he had a very average game because he didn't do anything wonderful in particular yeah. other than that early cross which i think should have been finished by clement longlet but that didn't go in but other than that i didn't see messi do anything significant in the game i mean you never expect this right chris and and do you, i mean you like you said i mean barcelona in that game represented exactly the way how the club is being run off the pitch right now but yeah. you look at the team how they perform from the goalkeeper mark andre ter stegen i mean ter stegen it was ter stegen versus neuer it was one of the best opportunities for ter stegen to show okay i am better than manuel neuer and i deserve to start for germany i mean yeah. obviously obviously over a longer of longer period of time i mean ter stegen has done to warrant that but if you just look at the game if you're just tuning into that game and seeing ter stegen versus neuer and judging them i think manuel neuer is going to stay in the german national side for pretty long if if you look at that i mean what a shambolic performance from the keeper go into the defense i mean they were absolutely shambolic last season when they lost 4-0 against liverpool jordi alba even rakitic the, these two players were the ones who got criticized the most in this particular game sergio busquets gerard pique Luis Suarez despite the one goal were all very very poor and and I definitely think the golden era of Barca or the golden players like Busquets Suarez and PK has to step aside right now I mean you, yeah, you look absolutely. at the performance of I mean you look at the performance of Barca and also Bayern I mean Bayern like Bayern were really clinical so not I won't say really clinical because they missed a lot of good chances as well but they were really good but were Barca worse even more worse or do you think that bayern like overpowered them completely if oh, well like like i was saying on twitter i mean where, where do you start with a result like this it's just barcelona um were just everything everything was wrong everything was i mean tactically everything was wrong i mean they lined up in from what i gathered a 4-4-2 they played four four midfielders not one winger on the pitch not no no one with any ounce of pace now you're playing by munich you know what they're going to come they're going to play with a high line you know the full backs are going to attack and they're not you know they're going to press when you when you're in possession of the ball so straight away barcelona with the underdog so you you, you got to be thinking if you're in kike setien's position you got to be thinking well we've got it how can we hit by munich and it's when the full backs push on and when they play a high line you've got to get in behind them and he started with basically four center midfielders across a four man midfield and straight away when i seen that i thought this this is going to be an easy win i didn't expect it to be 8-2 i don't think it like i said before i don't think anyone expected it to be that but it's an interesting comparison that you made with brazil there because yeah like like you said the game was very familiar very similar sorry to the germany brazil game in 2014 and what it represents is is very similar as well because like every every when every world cup comes around you always put brazil in one of the favorites to as one of the favorites to win it without even looking at their team or without looking at the manager or actually the actual current position of brazilian football at that time and it's, and that hasn't been the case since since the 2002 world cup brazil have not been favorites or not been good enough to win but every year when the champions league comes out Barcelona always one of the favorites to win it and it and it, and and they, they haven't they haven't been one of the best in Europe for some time now. I mean, 
this has happened before. It happened last year at Anfield, which wasn't a surprise. The game was never over. It didn't matter when, even if Dembele would have scored that sh- that last minute chance at the new Camp, I still had, I still thought Liverpool would win that get, win that time. It happened this season before against Roma, and these are just, it's just these semi when they get to the semi finals, Barcelona, it just seems like it, they're just plugging gaps. They're just covering, covering the issues that are at the club both on and off the pitch. Now, this hopefully for them and hopefully for Barcelona and hopefully for the fans, this represents a massive change now for the club. And I know a few people, um, we we done a podcast the other week uh, with Michael speaking about La Liga and he, he, he was sort of a fan of Kike Setien and saying that he got the, he got the job six months too late. And there's, there's a lot of people on Twitter saying that he really shouldn't, be criticised. It should be the players. Well, I'm sorry. It's set up for this game. I, I just, I, I don't know what, what he was thinking. To be honest, I really don't. Um, put a Messi and Suarez. Luis Suarez shouldn't have played this game. It's quite clear he, it's quite clear he wasn't fit. He hasn't been the same player that he once was, and I know that happens to all good players. But I mean, he doesn't. For me, he doesn't run in behind anymore. I don't see him running in in behind the defence. He doesn't actually look in shape. He doesn't look fit. He never looks match fit. Clearly, still getting over his injury and playing him and Messi, what appeared to be as a two-man front pair, and was just it was just playing right into Bayern Munich's hands. And like you said, I mean, I don't think I'd be the only one that said eight-two would actually flatter Barcelona in this game. I mean, like you said, like you said, Riffwick, Bayern Munich had more chances. This could have got a lot worse, a lot worse. Exactly. I mean, I I probably would have. I mean, I probably thought that it would go beyond ten at at a particular stage because, oh man, I mean the way Bayern controlled the whole game. I mean, we we all obviously talked about Bayern Munich uh, in a few previous podcasts before, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about them when it comes to semi final review later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah. oh god, Lewandowski. I mean, Lewandowski didn't even perform. I mean, I don't think Lewandowski scored more or. He, he was really, really sharp as he usually was, or who, as he usually is. But just imagine if he was sharper like usual. I mean, I mean, it would have been even more humiliating for Barca. So yeah, I mean, all the points you mentioned is exactly right. And to sum up, Luis Suarez, there was a particular moment in the game where he misplaced a pass, and Ansu Fati, 17-year-old Ansu Fati, couldn't chase that because obviously he misplaced the pass, and he was actually screaming at Ansu. Party saying, yeah, asking him to go for the ball. That probably sums up Luis Suarez. I mean, come on. I mean, he's been decli- he's been on the decline. It's been very obvious. And I mean, it's 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 high time that Barca replaced Suarez and they put Griezmann on the bench. Come on, come on, yeah. just come on. Yeah. Well, so, that's what that's what and that's another reason. Sorry for interrupting. What bemused me a bit because, like I said, it appeared that he was lining up in a four-four-two. Obviously. It, I think that's I think that changed multiple times the system throughout the game, not necessarily a plan change. I just think they were in that much of disarray at one point. They were just sort of doing what they wanted in terms of. I don't think there was any kind of off the ball plan that Barcelona had. Uh, they certainly couldn't press the ball, given and if you, which is quite shocking in itself, given the way La Masia and uh, previous Barcelona teams uh, have been out of possession. But he's lined up in what appeared to be a four-four-two, and then left Griezmann, who's played a similar system under Simeone at Atletico Madrid for the last what f- five, six years on the bench. 
and it, that, that would have suited him. But he, he would have been more suited to the way that lineup suggested. Uh, I mean, they have three hundred million. If you if you include, I know Coutinho is on both benches. Barcelona have three hundred million in transfers on the bench. I mean, it's just getting yeah. <laughs> where do you where where do you start and finish? Like I said, I think uh, Kike Setien uh, now is exactly. it's definitely definitely the right time for him to go now. Yeah, I I think that's also pretty much decided. I mean, I think Fabrizio Romano uh, tweeted that uh, Barca will definitely sack Setien as well. So whoever takes yeah. up the job next is I mean, it's gonna be a fire pit basically for them. Yeah. So yeah, moving on from this game to the Bayern's opponents in the semi-final, Olympic Lyonnais. Lyon yeah. beat Manchester City and like Kevin De Bruyne has said, different team, sorry, different year, the same result. Obviously, I mean, there's something, something wrong with the way Guardiola approaches when it comes to the Champions League. I mean, you saw how well he defeated Real Madrid and we, I mean, I definitely thought this might be City or PSG's year, the way that it's going. Really? Definitely City had a really, really big chance. I, I really thought City had a really, really big chance because there was no Premier League pressure, I mean, pressure to win the league. I mean, la- last few seasons, I mean, they still had the, uh, the league yeah. going on at the same time. It's complete, the, the complete focus is on the Champions League right now. So I thought yeah. obviously City would have a good chance. It's Pep Guardiola again. I mean, one of the greatest managers. I mean, people would call him ball fraud or whatever, but I do still yeah. think that he's he's one of the greatest manager ever. Yeah. But the way he set the team up, five at the back. I mean, it really was crazy in my opinion because he got the team. I mean, one of the questions that uh, we had, one of the patron questions we have for this episode from Dieter Van Gogh, who's our patron, was asked was him asking if there was any coaching error in the quarterfinal lineups. One of the coaching errors that I saw here was Guardiola lining up with a back five. I think that was pretty much unnecessary. I know he tried to counter Leon, and sometimes he tend to overthink and overdo things, and that's specifically what I think he did. So, yeah. what, what's your whole take on that, Chris? I mean, City losing, come on, again, big, big, big result. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a little bit different to you. I never thought City were going to win this tournament. I just didn't, never thought at one point... They were good enough to win it, if I'm being totally honest. Speaking specifically about like last night's fixture, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I don't know why he was trying to sort of counter Leon. I mean, you would think Manchester City. I, I just, I just couldn't believe the players that didn't play: Foden, Bernardo Silva. I, I really shocked that Fernandinho and Rodri started together. I know Fernandinho's position. Depending on which way you look at it, it could be sort of as like a right right side centre half at some point. Um, again, Ca- again, Cancelo on the left wing um, really didn't really make much sense to me. So yeah, I, I think he got a starting lineup completely wrong. And like you said, Guardiola. I mean, does I I mentioned that on a tweet last night, didn't I? And I said, oh, do you know what I mean if he loses, if he loses, he's a fraud, and if he if he wins, he's bought it. So sometimes I think some of the, the criticism he gets is, is quite unnecessary. I mean, he is a top coach, but there is becoming a bit of a familiar pattern now in the knockout stages of Champions Leagues. It, it's not just at Manchester City. He had the same issue at Bayern Munich as well, but at Bayern Munich, he over, overcame it in the second leg um, against teams. I remember, I remember he got beaten Porto uh, and he had to overcome that in the second leg. 
uh, obviously, so I, I knew I knew the minute they made this into a knockout stage, just one off game, I knew Manchester City were going to struggle because, like I said, Guardiola does tend or does appear to overthink things, and I knew he wouldn't have the second leg to get out of it this time. Uh, I, I just again, I, I, when I looked at it, I don't know about your riff, but I looked at it and thought, is he already planning for the Bayern Munich game? Is he experimenting in this game with a system that he would use against Bayern Munich? And that's what that's what I kept thinking in the back of my head when I when I seen the, the three at the back or five at the back with the if you want to class Walker and Cancelo as well and, and playing Rodri and Fernandinho. Yeah, again, and don't get me wrong, they, they were unlucky with the second goal because yeah, I mean it, it should have been it should have been free kick. But again, if Leon didn't score at that point, I, I, I think they would have scored anyway because. They identified Man City's weakness straight from the start, and they, and, they, and and you could see you could see what the game plan was, and it worked. Uh, they weren't going direct; they were passing out from the back, but they were getting it in between. They, they were getting it. They were getting it uh, behind Manchester City's centre halves each time with some really clever passes. And you could just see it. once you get behind that that pair, and it doesn't matter who it is for City, it doesn't matter whether Laporte's back or not. They always seem to struggle when you get in behind them. They seem to lose focus or organisation. Uh, I mean, you've seen it in the Premier League at various points this season. And again, I mentioned it. I think the keeper, the keeper's been average all season for me. And I thought he was shocking last night for all three goals. Yeah, I I do think Edison was at fault for probably all the three goals. I mean, his positioning is awful. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it was Carlo Gaganes who wrote this on Twitter that if if I mean, even Aymeric Laporte and Edison, I mean, if they weren't playing in the Premier League, probably they would just be termed okay. Because Laporte also, since the injury return from injury, I, I don't think like he's been probably world-class, like, like yeah. how people is perf- perceiving him to be. So, yeah, they, they do really have their weakness. And I just looked at the XG again for this game. Yeah. And City's expected goals were three about three, just about three, and Leon's were 0.83. So Leon were pretty much clinical and you know scored less likely chances. And City, oh my God! I mean, Rahi, the, the chance for Rahi <laughs> Sterling to make it 2-2. He misses that sitter. I mean, ob- obviously, I think a candidate for the miss of the season. And 59 oh, yeah. seconds. Definitely, definitely 50, gotta be the miss season. 59 seconds later, Musa Dembele scores. Wow. I mean, you 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 just can't expect a better tail here. Yeah, and, I think and you and you look at what, Sterling's well, XG. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. look at Sterling's XG alone, and that's 1.34. That's more than what Leon have themselves. So yeah, I mean that that, that speaks volume. I think if you look at the timing of the Sterling chance, the timing of it, and what it would have meant if he was scored. and the fact that it's in the quarterfinals of a Champions League, you probably have to say it was probably the greatest miss ever in a Champions League because again like I said if he scores that again it's too old Leon w- wouldn't have scored the third and you would probably expect City to go on then and score uh, and probably win the game so it, it, it's a game changing miss but again like I said like like I mentioned before with Guardiola in the knockout stages of the Champions League him, him having these sorts of results has become a familiar thing but Sterling missing these chances, it, it, it's becoming familiar as well. He, I don't know what it is. Don't get me wrong. Since, since Guardiola took charge of Man City, he, he has raised Sterling's game by 
maybe two or three levels, and I don't think he'll ever get he'll ever get better than what we're seeing at the moment. And he has and he has been a very important player, and he has played uh, at a very high level for the last eighteen months. But misses like that, you cannot be doing them. You can you cannot be missing chances like that in quarterfinals uh, of Champions Leagues against at, at, at the point in the game where you need to score. I just I couldn't. You look at it from the other way. Let's look, look at the other elite teams. Say so that's Liverpool now, for example, two one down against Leon. They need a bit of a score, and it gets pl- placed across the box, and Mane's coming in. It, it, and it's in the it's in the net, no matter what, ten times out of ten, every single time it scores, he, he scores. With Sterling, you, you just you never know. You never know. It's a one in two chance he's going to score. I mean, if you had ten ten opportunities like that, I think he would miss five of them. It's it's just um, yeah, I mean, it's too familiar. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's like a weird case, and there were some jokes on Twitter as well, where people were look calling back the World Cup incident, and if if Harry Kane would have squared it off to Sterling, he would have probably missed that as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Again, well, I remember I remember that significantly. Obviously, being an English fan and watching it, but and and. Yeah, if you were Harry Kane in that position nine times out of ten, you you, you would do what he done. You wouldn't you wouldn't do <laughs> when, when you seen Sterling in the position that you were. You you you'd have that doubt. You'd have that doubt. And and if again, if you're Kevin De Bruyne now or whoever's laying it across goal, uh, and Sterling's on the other side, it's only human nature to think, oh, this 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 could be a better shoot here <laughs> instead of passing it. You know what I mean? But again, you just I mean. That, it just so it just summarised the whole game for City. I thought uh, you just knew once once he missed that it, it wasn't going to be their night, and 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 I think Leon deservedly won the game. Like I said, you, City are always going to have higher possession. They're always going to have more chances because of the team that they are, the way they play, and the plays that they've got available. But Leon came with a plan last night. They identified the weakness. You've got to give Rudy Garcia credit. Uh, I think City lined up in a, in the way that they thought that they would end up countering Leon, but Leon didn't didn't attack City as much as what I think Guardiola anticipated they would. And yeah, I thought I thought they were very good. For, for Marcelo in particular, who's not he's not the greatest footballer, but I thought I thought he typified he, he typified he, he led he led by example last night for Leon, and he thought he showed the fight all the way through it. That made me think that they're going to go through here. And I, I mean, in my opinion, I think Cornet was the man of the match for me. But yes. another pl- another player, like I mean, if you look at Leon, they had a tough season in the league on this this time around. They finished yeah. seventh. They're not going to be playing Champions League next year. But the job that Rudy Garcia has done there since taking over, and I mean, in the middle of the season, because they appointed Silvino, which was a horrendous appointment <laughs> earlier. Yeah. And Rudy Garcia took over. He bought in actually from the youth setup, Maxim Skakere. I mean, I heard of Kakare some sometime last year. I, I don't know. I saw some tweet from someone. Then I thought, okay, let me just have a look. So I did some reading yeah. on him, and I and I found his skill set interesting. So I watched a few videos. I searched a lot. Kind of found two, three small, small clips around, and and I was really impressed. So we did a small, small three three photo preview of Kakare ex- exposing his strengths and weaknesses yeah. for the nutmeg assist. And Kakere against Juventus in the second leg was wonderful. Even yesterday, I mean, we talk about Hussein Oar, who was also really good. I mean, I think he was good yesterday. I mean, he lost a lot of possession at times, but he won a lot of fouls. He, he, he tried to stick to what Rudy Garcia asked him. 
but kakare for me was amazing yesterday again i mean yeah. this kid is going to going to go to the top top of the ladder someday i mean and and definitely sure of that so the job that leon has done under rudy garcia it's exceptional and leon play bayern munich 10 years ago the same semi final came <laughs> up yeah yeah i mean so it's it's kind of a repeat after 10 years and it's really good i mean people slate the league one and the bundesliga putting a remark called the farmers league yeah. come on <laughs> the, the the farmers are going to enjoy playing semi finals and the big big guns from the big leagues are going to sit home and watch these teams play in the tv so come on man it's it's not it's no longer a valid you know a valid statement no no like, no definitely not i think sometimes i mean i've had conversations with you and i've had conversations with my friends but i i don't think the premier league is quite as high in standard as what yep. people have have and that's not taking nothing away from liverpool because my friends always seem to indicate that i'm, I'm getting a dig in at liverpool when i say that <laughs> but is it do you know I mean liverpool uh, <laughs> obviously have been levels above everyone else this season but i mean the league as a whole i get and that's what that's why it's exciting as what it is the premier league because everyone beats everyone else uh, exactly at at some point but i think the actual overall standard you can't call the french league and the german league uh Farmers Leagues. I mean, just because Bayern Munich win it every year, Paris Saint Germain have 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 won it for I think was it the last eight seasons, nine seasons. I mean, some of those seasons they would have won the Premier League as well, yeah, I believe. So that that just shows the standard that these teams are. Now, obviously, with Leon, it's a little bit different because you do expect Manchester City, given the manager that they've got and the players that they've got, to actually be a team that finished seventh in France but you know Leon I've got some pretty impressive players like you said um, like you said you've said uh, yourself there and I just think I think Guardiola's got this massively wrong with the starting lineup and the formation that he's played massively and Rudy Garcia has done his, he's done his own work he's, he's set out and Leon have looked impressive since since the break I don't know about, about you Riff do you think do you think the the five month break has played better for or the longer breaks have helped the French and German teams as opposed to the English and Italian teams who have been seems to be playing non-stop. Do you think? I thought I thought the fact that they played less would mean that they were rusty and they wouldn't be able to catch up to speed as quick. But obviously, I've been I've been proven wrong in that regard. What what do you think of that? Do you think do you think the the fact that they've had five months off has helped them a bit? uh i definitely had the same opinion like you could i mean i i really thought that it would be rusty when especially psg bayern would actually find it rusty because the league ended faster there they had longer breaks but it's same same thing here i mean i've been proved wrong i mean obviously the break has helped them they they played a bit of uh, friendly games somewhere in between but the, the the levels are different again there but yeah it, it has kind of helped them a lot i i i think I really think it has helped them a lot, and yeah, and and we're seeing the results of that. So yeah, yeah. so th- this is Leon versus Bayern in the semi-final. What what what's your prediction? Yeah. Who do you think will win? Will go into the final? Yeah, I think as good and as impressed as I've been with Leon against Juventus and City, and even when they play Paris Saint-Germain in the French Cup and lost on penalties, I think Bayern Munich will be just a step too far for them. Uh, just because Bayern seem to know what they what exactly what they are at the moment, they're going in. They know what the plan is. They know what the strengths are. They seem to be be off off the ball. They seem to be pressing 
for me, the the way they're pressing at the moment is probably the the best I've seen a team press since Klopp's Dortmund team. When everyone was just joking, oh, when he first took over Dortmund, and everyone was just like, "Whoa, what's this?" And he's got players, he's playing, he's, he's got players pressing everywhere and winning the ball back, and then they just seem to be uh, countering uh, immediately. This Bayern Munich team seems to have a lot of that in them, so I think I think there'll be too much for Leon in this game, um, and they should run out convincing winners, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and throwing some shade, I mean, some stats on here. The total XG this this Champions League campaign for Bayern and against Bayern. For Bayern, it's been 32.83, the expected You're goals. Right. And against them, it's been 7.05, which is really good. And you look at the number of goals scored and conceded. I think they've scored 39 goals so far in the Champions League, which is <laughs> spectacular. They've conceded yeah. just eight they consider just eight. My God! I mean, how good is that? How good is that? Yeah. And and I mean, I, I would I wouldn't actually stop praising Hansi Flick the job he's done since taking over Niko Kovac. I mean, amazing, yeah. amazing job. Yeah, he's done it. Like I said, he, he seems to have a clear plan of what he wants. He's he, he he's come in and seems to si- simplify things again for them. He's playing to the players' strengths. He's getting the best out of Thomas Muller. Uh, again. He, Afonso Davis, I think he was probably always going to be, or you would think he was always going to go on to be the come the player that he, he's showing at the moment. Um, but he, he seems to he, see, he seems to be at the moment. He, he, he's what would you? He's got to be one of the best left backs in the world, if not the best on current form right now. Uh, he's certainly got to be in that category anyway. I know a few Liverpool fans might jump on there and I'd say, well, now they've got the best left back in the world, but. Um, yeah, he just seems to be getting the best out of everyone at the moment, and yeah, he's done a, he's done a remarkable job. I thought the fact that they had a little break again, similar with the Leon situation, I think when their season finished, I thought that would hinder them and hinder the momentum that they had from the Bundesliga. I thought the Champions League that there was a bit of too much of a gap, but no, it just seems he seems to it seems if anything he seems to have got better. Since the Bundesliga Bundesliga season finished, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if they got beat by Leon. But you know, Leon, if they if they uh, if they take their chances like they did against City, then we should be in for another high-scoring game. Yeah, exactly. Especially with and especially I, with especially with Bayern Munich's high line. And um, before moving on to the next set of quarterfinals and semi-final preview, just wanted to ask you one question we had from Twitter. I mean, if I mean, I probably people would say it's probably time for Pep Guardiola to go out. Probably a little bit premature, I would say, in my opinion. But I know, I mean, even if City decide to sack him, do you think yeah. any other any other manager who who I mean, who do you think would be the right manager to you know take over City and you know get past this Champions League hurdle? I mean, obviously the leagues and the other things Guardiola has definitely won in abundance, but a manager who can definitely help them. Across this Champions League, who do who who, who do yeah. you have your money on? Right, uh, that's a that's a good question, that isn't it? Uh, well, first of all, I don't f- again. I'm, I'm part of this. This is me not part of this problem is Guardiola's because he it, sh- it should be what I'm about to answer anyway. First of all, getting over this who do I don't think it's a who do. I just don't think their defenders are good enough to win the Champions League. You cannot win the Champions League with that defence. Now, Guardiola doesn't escape any criticism for that because he has spent money 
They spent a lot of money on fullbacks. Um, and he, again, the centre half Laporte was, and I, yes, he got injured at the beginning of the season, but he's not been. He's been. He's been fit for this game. Uh, but they have still got an issue at centre half as well. They haven't identified that uh, that area for me, or or utilised any of the uh, the the up and coming players enough. So just to answer my own issue there, I don't I don't think they're good enough to win it. I don't think it's a hoodoo. I actually don't think they're good enough to win it, regardless of, the, of who's in charge. If they've got that defence, no one wins it. However, if they were to replace Guardiola and get a manager in at the moment that would take them to a level, then for me it would have to be it would have to be I don't know. It would be interesting to see what po- Pochettino would do with those players. Uh, again, it's a slightly different style of play, but still an ent- it's still a very good, uh, very good on the eye style of play to watch and experience of actually qualify, uh, qualifying for the Champions League final, experience of having Champions League semi-finals, quarter-finals. So um, yeah, that would be my. That's who I would if if I was in charge of City and picking Guardiola's replacement. That's who I'd be going for. What about yourself? I mean, I, I obviously have the same opinion again here. I mean, ha, I mean, we seem to be on the same page here on a couple of things. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 do, I do think they... I mean, the first thing that probably they need to do is to spend wisely on the defence. I know that they've got Nathan Ake in from Bournemouth for, what, 42 million. Again, another yeah. another another left-sided centre-back. So, I, I do think that they need a right-sided centre-back now. Obviously, I do think that they're going to go in... I think they're linked with Khalidu Kuli Bali. But again, I don't know if he's like... The ideal fit for that right centre back. No. Obviously, he's played in the left centre back role, but yeah, obviously it will be interesting Plus, to see what happens. I yeah. don't actually think. I don't know if that's just easy journalism. I don't actually think Koulibaly's at the level anymore that he was certainly under when he was when he was under Sarri at Napoli, and yeah. Napoli had that great year. And I mean, he was he was fantastic that year, but I don't actually think he's at the level now to actually be considered to be that missing, especially playing sort of high and wide as City do uh, sometimes when they, when, when, they do, uh, when, when they want the full-backs to push on. Uh, I, I don't know if Koulibaly would be the answer. Again, it just seems to be easy, easy, all right, let's just, let's just, easy journalism, let's, let's just throw Koulibaly's name in there. Well, actually, let's yeah. watch him play and actually see what, he hasn't had the greatest of seasons for yeah. Napoli. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Nathan Aki, for me, I mean, for an Everton fan, I would, I, I'd have him in Everton. But I mean, we're talking about a completely different level yeah. of the game there. So I don't know if he's the answer. It is, it is an area that could have a, have a. God, I was going to have to reassess how he organises his defence, or they, they are going to have to buy, but more, more, more wisely, as you suggested. I mean, Rodri seems to be getting played at centre and half. For me, I thought he was going to be a fantastic signer for City, playing in that role uh, as as the long-term replacement for Fernandinho. But that hasn't worked, and he seems to be getting pushed back to centre half. Well, he's, he's certainly not centre half. I think I think I don't think you have to be one of the you don't have to have an astute football mind to show that to see that. Sorry, but yeah, so definitely an area. For, Concern as you as you suggested. Yeah, and and probably if they were to get a replacement, I mean, if if I was uh, in the city scouting team or someone, I like I, I would probably tell Pep or and the management just inquire about Dio Upamecano if possible. He would be a great 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 signing. Or just go on yeah. and, and and try to test Conte and Inter's relation and try to just rope in Milan Skriniar 
if possible. Well, yeah, or there's a Dutch defender just down the East Lanks that plays for Liverpool that I would love City to play. <laughs> 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 I mean that, that 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 would probably not work because yeah. of the obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh-huh. yeah, that that that's probably it with City and Bayern. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So and moving on to the next one, Leipzig Atletico, Atlanta PSG, another two crunch amazing quarterfinals. The Atlanta PSG one. Let's go on to their first. I mean. Atlanta scored the first goal. Pasalic, the former Chelsea loanee. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no yeah. wonder. I mean, you you look at almost all the teams in the world. You you might just find the Chelsea loanee somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's it's yeah, kind yeah. of that situation right now. But yeah, yeah Pasalic scored that goal. I I just felt that it was a well taken goal from Pasalic. And yeah. I I've, honestly I predicted PSG to go through, but I just kind of had a ray of hope somewhere. Thinking, okay, come on, Atlanta, just, just, just go ahead, just win this. But PSG dominated yeah. the game. PSG, I mean, Neymar, apart from his finishing, did everything so well, so perfect. And once Kylian Mbappe came on, it was game over. I mean, yeah. that two final goals completely ended Atlanta's dream. And I, I do, I do feel a little bad for Gasparini because they didn't have their best player, Joseph Pilicic. Yeah. And and the rumors, what's happened to him is like really, really yeah. sad to hear as well. Yeah, I actually thought Atalanta were going to win the game. Oh, was, and even 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 at 60 minutes, I thought they were going to win the game. But it was around it was around that time when you, they just looked dead on the feet, didn't they? They just looked really. Yeah. They they play they play at such a high level, a high energy level as well uh, with the style of play that they just looked they just looked like yeah, there's nothing left here. And and then you just, and then you look at the style of play that the the or the the way they play, and you think, well, they're not, they're not a great defensive team. There's, you're always going to get a chance with them, even though they will probably always score against you. So you, then you start thinking, well, yeah, and Mbappe's coming on the pitch. You think PSG, it's only going to take one goal here from PSG, and it did. Once they got one, didn't matter how late in the game was, the second one was going to come. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I just think, like we mentioned it before with the Leon. PSG have had that longer break. Atalanta have been playing every three days right up until I think what was it? When did the Italian league finish? Was it the week, last week? O- August one, yeah, August first week of yeah, first, yeah, the first week of August. So they've been playing every three days or every four days, anyway. And yeah, and the fact that they've been missing the play, the best player in Ilicic, I think that just worked out against them in the end. Yeah, and and I also thought, I mean, losing Papu Gomez, the leader, the captain. I mean, in later on in the game was another probably trigger for you know, lo- losing the game because he he is the leader and when he's on the pitch, I mean probably he was their best player again on, on that particular yeah, day. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that was a big but, big blow. You, you you and you look at the XG again. I mean, just want to bring in the stats because uh, yeah, come on, yeah. there. No, PSG's no, PSG's XG were six times more than Atalanta's. So I mean Neymar created a bunch of amazing opportunities. Icardi was poor in my opinion, and I think yeah. Icardi, Icardi is probably poor right now. I mean poor in the sense just, just judging by his standards and how he performed at Inter. I mean he doesn't make those runs. I mean you, I saw Neymar kind of delivering some really good crosses, but Icardi just stays where he is. He doesn't get into the right areas at times. And that that's really frustrating. And you saw once Chupamoting. Uh, Mbappe and all came in. Uh, they completely turned around. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I do think that Thomas Tuchel 
I don't think it's credit to Thomas Tuchel. I, I wouldn't give credit to Thomas Tuchel here because I don't think he's been really good. I, I, I don't think it's been a coaching brilliance. I think it's it's more of an individual brilliance than a coaching achievement. And that's why that's why somewhere around in my head, I do think that PSG might might just lose against Leipzig. And who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I would love them to. Yes, yeah, not 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 <laughs> not necessarily, and not be just because of PSG and the money that they have and the players that they have and all the shenanigans that goes on at the, at the club. It, it's actually nothing. To, it's just probably more of a, a fondness for Leipzig and the way they run, and and it would be great to see them get to the final and everything they they represent. And that's not to say that they haven't got money as well, because we know the finance involved with Red Bull. But yeah, I just with PSG, I just. I, I don't know. I still think there's something missing. Like you said, I don't. I'm not necessarily knocking Thomas Tuchel as a coach. I think he's a good coach, and I think he will go on to be very successful for his career. But I don't really see what what has changed since he got to BSG. Don't really don't really see his imprint on the team, and especially this fixture. I don't think he's done anything to turn it around. I think. What What do you think of a PSG midfield, Ifwick? For me, again, when you're you're in Champions, you're going into the Champions League semi-final, and you've got Marquinhos, Ander Herrera, and Adrisa Garnagaj in midfield. Don't get me wrong, I know they've had injuries as well, PSG, but yeah. that to me doesn't. That's not a Champions League winner midfield for me. Uh, I I I think Marco Verratti is going to return from injury, yeah. and Ankel Di Maria as well. So I think once Verratti returns, they might look like a completely different side defensively and also in midfield because. For me, he is. I mean, we all always talk about Neymar and Mbappe's influence up front, but Marco Verratti is one of the best players in his position. And he's, I mean, in, in with respect to that, I do think like he's a bit underrated or, I mean, not underpraised. I would say underappreciated, because he he does a lot of amazing work. Does the donkey work, committing fouls when needed. Smart. He's yeah. really, really smart. He's really really smart. I would put that yeah, is is this point to me in previous seasons and some of the big games that they've had? I mean, I agree with you completely with him as a football player, uh, but I just it would be interesting to see me if he is fit for the semi final. That will he step up his game? Because I think, I think in previous years he's gone missing in big games yeah, uh, yeah, or in the big yeah. Champions League games. Anyway, obviously I don't watch him every week in France, so I can't say what what he's like when he's playing domestically. But yeah. I would like to see him more. Uh, again, like I, and I totally agree with what you said about Mario Cardi before. Really, really can't understand why they actually made that transfer payment. But who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, a Cardi's wife's working in magic again as his agent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I would, I, I would actually put my money on that. I would actually put my money. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, unlucky for Atalanta, and but they'll come again. And hopefully, with the pandemic and the and the sort of financial insecurity that teams are approaching the transfer window, if they actually keep some of their best players and they don't have to start again, they're going to be in the Champions League again. And I can see them fighting on both fronts again next year, Champions League and Serie A. So it will be good. But PSG versus Leipzig, I uh, my money's on Leipzig. Yeah, coming 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 on to that Leipzig game again. Uh... Sorry, I mean, coming on to that Leipzig game, the semi-final. Sorry, sorry, the quarter-final. Yeah. I mean, Atletico. Yeah. The the XGs were the same, 1.18. And yeah. again, I mean, we, we talked about a coaching error in the the lineups with regard to the lineup of the formation before. 
But yeah. I, I think Simeone went wrong by starting Diego Costa. I, I thought Joao Felix should have started there. Yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah. Because, because Nagelsmann is a crazy manager. He's a crazy, crazy manager. And yeah. I mean, the in-game formation is, oh my God. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what he plays at times. Is it a 3 oh, yeah. 2 sometimes? Is it like, I mean, I looked at the, I mean, I, I think I saw an image somewhere where they had average player positions. Every single player was in the center of the pitch. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, sometimes I, I, I do not understand what, what he's trying to do, but whatever he's doing, it, it's masterclass. It's amazing. Yeah. The way he thinks is actually pretty amazing. And they performed. They really, really performed. I, I think they, they lost Kimo Werner, but... I, I think that with Atletico, the way Atletico play, I think Timo Werner wasn't a big miss in that game, especially because you ca- you can't counter and use the pace of Timo yeah. Werner against against a low block Atletico. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And and oh my God, Tyler Ad- Adams came in. He is another North American talent, one of one of the most uh, spoken there. The US, yeah. the people in the US are actually bouncing seeing Ty- Tyler Adams score that goal. What a strike. I mean, it took a deflection to go past Piano Black, but what a strike at that point of time. And such a, at a, such a young age to have the confidence to come on and make the difference. I mean, it, it will obviously boost his confidence big time. Big, big time. So what, what a result for Leipzig, Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Like you said there, you mentioned I love watching these play now, since, especially since Nagelsmann has took over because... Obviously, as you know, Riffick already, I'm quite obsessed with the tactical aspect of the game and teams switching formations in game. I think it's, it's great. Uh, and this this particular time was the one I was most excited about because it's two contrasting styles. Um, two, yeah, two completely different styles, really, in terms of their approach to the game. Not that one is boring and one isn't boring because I, I enjoy watching Atletico Madrid play as well. Uh, but yeah, for, for me... I'll probably say like well, it's not probably about Leipzig deserve to go through. Um, Athlet- I, I was I don't want to say I was disappointed with Atletico Madrid because I thought that this year, given the fact that it was a single, a one-off game, it went two-legged, that that would favour them, uh, and I, I I I expect them to go. Maybe I mean they could they could have went all the way, really, uh, given given the current format. But I agree with yourself completely. I was quite. Shocked the fact that Diego Costa started the game, given um, well, just given his form again, he's just been he's a player that's been on decline, similar to this what we mentioned before about Luis Suarez. I mean, this is a player who's not been at the same level now since what 2017, maybe. Uh, and the fact that he started them, yeah. uh, even not even so much over João Felix, but the fact that the fact that he started over Morata, because I actually believe Morata's now a better player than Diego Costa. And he, he offers a lot more on the pitch, especially out of possession. Exactly, yeah. And and I think the plan probably was to uh, start Costa and bully Upamecano, but Upamecano is Upamecano showed that he's he's like a, in a in different level right now, and yeah. in a good in a good form as well. And one of the players that I loved so much in that game was Kevin Campbell. I mean, you know, I mean, stats stats can be used at times, and most of the times, okay, you can use it to explain, but at some at particular times in 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 particular teams in a particular system in a particular yeah. position at times you just can't use stats to quantify how good a player is i mean we definitely know roberto firmino 
you know gini vinaldum at liverpool i mean vinaldum's role is definitely not to stat pad in any any aspect at all but the job he does is important and when he plays he's yeah. really important and i think yeah. kevin campbell for leipzig is that player i mean yeah. how, how do how do you measure winning the ball and you know starting the move which leads to a goal how, yeah. how do you actually measure that how do you actually quantify that so that 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 that's how good kevin campbell has been for nagelsmann as well and i think he was a very smart signing as well for leipzig when when they got him and he's another player who's kind of really been amazing for me konrad leimer marcel sabitzer all good players is a polson so, yeah 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 they, they look like a really good team and i i do really hope that they beat psg and go on to the final yeah i i would i would, lo- I would love to see them in the final you, you mentioned that i was quite intrigued how they would get they would actually play without timo werner uh, even though yeah. i was massively disappointed as well because i would have again as good as 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 what I think or as underrated as what I think Yusuf Poulsen is Timo Werner is on a different level don't think in this game like you said given how deep Atletico Madrid sat or or what did he do certainly play with the low block uh, that he would have been as missed as much but I do think in the game against PSG then maybe his presence or his ability to run in behind and pull into the channels uh, just as movement overall will be missed, but yeah, I, I love Leipzig uh, to, to make the final again. Just because I love the fact they f- they, they switch formations in game. I, I I love that aspect of the game. I, I'm intrigued by any type of team that does that. And even in this game, you could see the different changes at, at various stages uh, of the game, out of possession, in possession, and the fact that it just represents. Let's forget winning trophies for a minute, because we we all seem to rate managers by the trophies that they win but as well if you can if you can tell your team and coach your team to switch formations in game depend on who's got the ball and what position they're in players just automatically know where to drop so for example i think that i was looking at it and i think they appeared to line up in a 4-2-3-1 but then when the full bank uh, the full backs pushed up depending on what side one of the midfielders was dropping to make it a three at the back at times and that, and that that just that just shows you the level that Julian Nagelsmann is playing at at the moment. For me, definitely one of the top coaches in the world in world football at the moment, even at the young age of 33. Absolutely, I mean he he's probably as young as most of the players out there, which is really exciting and you know shows how yeah. good he he he's excelled. So yeah. And yeah, before we end the podcast, there are a couple of questions more from Twitter that we got, probably which we should answer once again. From Dieter van Gogt. Uh, I mean, we talked about Bayern Munich being beatable. Do, do, do you think Bayern Munich is a beatable team right now? I mean, you said that Leon could expose considering that they play high line, but do you think Bayern could be beatable? Uh, I think they're definitely uh, definitely the favourites for the competition. Uh, for me, I would love to see them play Leipzig in the final. Uh, but like we've just mentioned there, I think that's when Timo Werner would be missed most. Especially yeah. given the fact that we've put, uh, Bayern Munich will play with such high line uh, and their full backs attack the way they do, uh, you'd be count there'd be space to attack into. So yeah, sorry, Bayern Munich definitely definitely favourites for the tournament. I don't, I think they're beatable. Yeah, yeah. to answer the answer the question, sure, they are beatable. Yep, same same opinion. As well. yeah. I mean, I I think probably a PSD or Leipzig could could actually beat them. So yeah, yeah. let's let, let's see. And I mean. I mean Another question from Dieter is about who I mean who who would you be who would you pick as the breakout star in the Champions League this season? 
for for me for, for 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 me it it is like one and obvious answer alfonso davis there's there's no one else there's no one else yeah me. yeah it's also that's that's a good question it's hard because that's the first part of the champions league now seems so far away the like the yeah. group stage seems yeah. it's mean it's hard to actually remember what i had to sort of do a little bit of research to recap what actually happened in the group stages of the Champions League because it feels like last season now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I couldn't disagree with that. I mean, there's been, I'm actually impressed with a few players that have played for Leipzig, Atalanta, of course, as well, given given that no one would have expected them to actually get as far as they did, especially given the way they started the competition. I think they lost yeah. a fair three games, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. But again, not names that not necessarily known yeah I probably I probably have to agree agree with you Alfonso Davis I'm trying to think of anyone else PSG I haven't really I'll buy me like no yeah I mean Joe Felix hasn't really been given much of a chance at Atletico Madrid in my opinion yeah. to actually yeah. be considered a breakout star don't know what really don't I mean, know what Simeone's doing with him if I'm honest I'm a big fan a big fan of Diego Simeone but yeah, yeah he needs to start using uh I'm a bit more. And I, I, I do think that Maxence Kakere, once again, the same player that we mentioned before, could be. Uh, I mean, if if Leon beat Bayern somehow, I do think Kakere might be a very, very, you know, eligible candidate for the breakout star because he's been really good. He's been really good for Rudy Garcia's team. Yeah, he has, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he stood out. He stood out in, in this weekend's game. Yeah. As you mentioned previously, but again, it's just it's hard to it's hard to assess the Champions League this year, isn't it? Because, yeah, like I said, yeah. because because of the pandemic and the, and the breakout, it's almost as if the group stage was a different season when in fact it we all know it wasn't. Yeah, and the final question for in in this uh, podcast that we have from social media is about Robert Lewandowski and Chris. Do you think? Or he he has been robbed of a Ballon d'Or because it's been called off for the year by France football, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, he would certainly have been a front runner, especially given, especially if Bayern Munich do go on to win it. I don't really think people could have argued with the decision to give it to him. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand the decision not to go with it this year, especially given the fact that the leads, the leagues have continued and uh, and resumed after the pandemic. So yeah, I think he would have been definitely the obvious front runner, even even if. Bayern Munich weren't to get weren't to be successful in the Champions League and they weren't to win it. I think he'd have to be in the running for it anyway, just given given the le- level that he's performed at. I mean, even if they get to the sem- semi-final, if they were to get knocked out by Leon, for me that still j- justifies enough Champions League games uh, for him to say he's had a good Champions League campaign. So therefore, he deserves to be in the retina for it. Yeah, definitely. Pretty much the same opinion for me as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much once again, Chris, for joining in. And thank you once again to all the listeners as well for tuning into this episode. Hope it was a great episode. So thank you so much once again.